Hi, this is Jamie. And this is Laura. Welcome to the Outsource Insiders Podcast, where we hope to educate, inspire, motivate, and entertain entrepreneurs. Yes, entertain too. That's one thing that I talked to about uh, with friends and family who listened to our first episode, and we got some good feedback. We know we have uh, some things that we want to cover, and uh, and everybody seemed pretty excited about the uh, what we were going to be doing with this podcast. So today we've dubbed the name of our podcast "Jumping In with Both Feet," and uh, we're going to go into about a thirty thousand foot overview of how we got our businesses launched over the past year. And I can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, Laura. I mean, I am still really impressed how well you've done over the last year. You mentioned in our first podcast that you were just celebrating your first year in business. So congratulations. Thanks. So, you know, tell us, what did you think has been the easiest part of starting your business? You know, I think the easiest part, and I've been thinking about this, is knowing that I have something that will really help businesses. The That's the easy part. The scary part is actually, you know, putting it into practice where you've got to go out there and find clients. And I've done that over the course of the last year. I've worked with 10 different companies and I have two retainer clients and it's going well. But, you know, uh, the, the challenge is, you know, knowing and maintaining um, the momentum uh, with your clients when you first get started working on a marketing plan and then starting to execute it. There's a lot of kind of ups and downs and there's a lot of ebbs and flows. So, uh, you know, maintaining the momentum with the client and also with yourself and getting the resources that you need to implement that plan. Um, you know, that's been a big learning curve, but, but it's been fun. Yeah. You know, you brought up something, um, that, that I'm, I've also faced in my business, which is you said you've gotten 10 clients and two on retainer, which is great in your first year. But um, I'm sure there's many other people that you talk to. So how are you staying in contact with people that may not be interested right now or may not be ready for them right now? How What are you using in your business to organize yourself? Because I've, I've struggled with that myself. Yeah, so there's a lot of different software out there that you can use for customer relationship marketing. And I've looked at, you know, a couple of different types of software to help me in my pipeline management. So I'm not utilizing any one particular thing. I'm not all in, you know, we talked about jumping in with both feet, but I've, I've found that this year has been spent, you know, jumping in with one foot, testing it, seeing how it works and then maybe taking the foot out and jumping in with one foot and something else and testing that. So currently I have a pretty, you know, antiquated system and it's just really good notes and uh, keeping contacts in my um, contact list very organized and I put notes in there to help me with, you know, when I should reach out to somebody again or follow-ups because that's always important too. One thing that I've really noticed because I am a solopreneur, solopreneur is that, you know, not everything is on the timing that I might think it is. There's so many factors that affect when somebody's ready to get a plan started uh, that affects their budget and also timing and seasonality of stuff. Yes. Um, 
You know, I, I, I tend to agree. I have also struggled with having finding the, the right CRM for my business. Um, I do have a CRM that I'm using for my real estate business, and it works really well just to keep in touch with people, keep reminders out. You know, I can put together really nice email campaigns that can go out to them, but I don't feel like it completely ties my business all, uh, all together. It doesn't bring everything in. So when I'm making a phone call, I've got to remember to log that somewhere. When I'm making an additional email outside of a regular touch point, I've got to remember to, to, to put that somewhere. And I have to remember to put my contacts in my CRM. And so I feel like um, that's something that I'm going to focus on, you know, in the fourth quarter planning for my 2018 is I really want to nail down how I'm going to um, capitalize on all the prospects that I have because I am generating a lot of prospects. And I don't want to let any of them slip through my cracks because because I didn't put them in some kind of system to let them kind of incubate. And so that's something that's really on my radar right now. So you're looking into systems right now or are you I testing, am testing a, few? a couple? I've just gotten gotten one that I got installed over the past week. I've got some demos um, scheduled for later this week just to kind of get, you know, from that from that those companies perspective, show me all the show me everything that goes with it. What's all the bells and whistles? Um, that way I can really do a comparison and I'm doing, you know, some trials with a couple of different ones just to kind of see. So, um, I mean, I'm generating, I know our businesses are a little bit different. So I'm generating usually around um, 25, 30, maybe 40 contacts a week. Um, and not all of them are ready to do something with me right then, but they might be ready to do something in eight months. And I need to keep in front of them and just kind of keep educating them. And so having that balance between easy documentation, um, you know, finding their information quickly, me getting reminders, staying on the timeline, and then also having a really easy system for me to put together dynamic looking, you know, email marketing campaigns is going to be important. I'm also diving into landing pages and things like that. I bought a couple of domain names here recently. So you know, just having one system that's going to allow me to manage all that to me is really important as I go into 2018. Well, and cost is a big factor too. I mean, that's one thing that I noticed this year. I would test out several different things. One was accounting software. So since what I do is a little bit more hourly based, I need to keep track of the number of hours that I spend doing um, plans because a lot of my estimates for clients uh, has everything to do with how much time we're going to spend doing it. So things like QuickBooks is a bit more expensive than what I can really afford right at the moment and it doesn't have the perfect solution for me because I need to be able to track my hours. So. For me, it's a little bit of cost, but then is it exactly what I need? And the same thing with the CRM software. A lot of times, one portion of it will be wonderful, but from, from start to finish, it's not really exactly what I'm looking for. And then if I have to pay $10, $20, and it seems like everything is $10, $20 a month, and before you know it, you're spending $200 a month on five different pieces of software to help you track your pipeline, track your earnings, track your hours, and you know, you feel like you're getting I know, nickel and dime. I totally feel you. I am I'm finding myself falling in that trap as well, just just trying a lot of different things out. Um 
So, I mean, I am, I'm really, I, I am expecting my business to slow down a little bit over the holidays. It's just the, the nature of it. I won't slow down because I'm going to be doing a whole lot of marketing during that time. But I think I'll have some additional time to really focus in on my testing and so that going into January, I'm going to have that really wrapped up. So maybe we can do a future podcast on CRM solutions. I know that we both have different businesses, which is what's really cool about us doing this podcast together is, you know, we can, from each of our perspectives, what works for me may not work for you and works for you may not work for me, but we can at least, you know, share with our listeners what's working for the both of us. Absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned, you said you think it's going to get slow right around the holidays, which makes sense because there's not a whole lot of people moving uh, around the holidays unless they Mm -hmm. absolutely have to, like their job was relocated. But usually that's the time people hunker down and get their homes ready for entertaining and families and stuff. One thing I've learned in this year is I've had some ups and downs as well. And right now I'm in a a little bit of a slow patch and I'm starting to ramp up my networking and my marketing uh, for my own personal business. But, um, you know, I've noticed that I'm slow and I'm thinking to myself, well, is it because it's a slow time or is it because I'm not doing good? So, you know, I, I think a couple of years experience will help me know what's slow and what not to worry about and what's slow and when I should really like, you know, hit the pavement yeah. hard. I don't know if you felt that yeah, way. Yeah, I mean, definitely I do. I mean, I, I think that, you know, I've always been the type of person that I keep a whole lot of pressure on myself to perform. I, you know, I, I had that when I worked in a corporate job and then I brought that, that was, you know, something I didn't lose. In fact, I feel like it's even more strong. It's stronger now. Uh, my desire to just be very, um, laser focused on results. Um, and so I live and die by my pipeline. I live and die by the number of contacts I make. Um, I review them every single day. Um, and so while I know that my business is going to slow down because like you said, people aren't going to be moving over the holidays, but I'm planning to capitalize on all those people that want to move out, you know, in the spring. And so, um, I, I'm, I'm doing a lot of marketing. And so that's where I'm going to be really focusing my time during that slow period is I'm going to probably increase my marketing during that time to capitalize on, to grab those people so that I have them. Well, yeah, that's really smart actually. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Jamie. The other thing that I've been considering doing during this slow time is spending the time investing in myself. And I didn't, I was, I was hesitant to do it when I first started out because I wanted to get out there and start talking to people and networking. And I knew what, you know, suite of services I was going to be providing my clients and primarily I'm a writer by trade. So that's how I kind of get in with new clients that don't, don't know me as well is I'll start a writing project for them and then it starts growing into other things. Uh, But there's some different types of marketing tactics or different ways to approach content marketing. For example, is a writing and kind of brand awareness overall strategy that companies can employ. And there's some training software out there that kind of helps marketers and especially ones that consult like me or 
businesses that are bringing in people to do these things because marketing is always growing. So I'm, I'm going to take some time now that I've been doing it a year and I understand this is a slow point and I think that I can benefit from some you know, continuing education that will only help me. And I've never been more motivated to do so. When I was working the corporate jobs, it's kind of hard to venture out. It's kind of hard to say, you know, I can do this and I can do that and I can do this because you're just kind of thrown in this rut, right or wrong, of what it is that, you know, you provide service-wise to the company. And now I'm like, okay, I, I can do some continuing education and expand upon what I do and, and help people in different ways. I don't know oh, if you felt that goodness. way too. Oh, my goodness. I think, I mean, I'm so glad you brought that topic up because, you know, I'm in a completely different industry than I ever thought I would find myself. Well, I take that back. I always wanted to get in this industry, but I wasn't an expert at it. I didn't know really anything about it. I just always thought it would be a cool thing to do. So I'm spending, you know, not only am I, um, did I, you know, get licensed for what I'm doing right now. So I spent time getting educated and I'm still going through licensing courses because I'm going, I'm venturing out into some other states right now um, to get licensed there. But um, I am spending a lot of time with some private coaches. So I've got uh, two private coaches that I work with and I just do that because I, uh, look up to them. They're not in my local market. They've done some really cool things outside of the box things. And so I just, I really believe in mindset. And so when you say education, that draws me right back into mindset. So, you know, I wake up every morning thinking about my business. How do I improve it? How do I stand out in my marketplace? And so just surrounding myself with these, you know, experts. And so I'm investing in some private coaching, but I'm also attending uh, about once a week, some kind of an event locally where it may be, you know, different appraisers coming in or it could be some other kind of expert speaker coming in or it could be just something through a board that I'm going to listen to just to further my knowledge. Um, and then I have some local mentors that I kind of look up to and listen to and ask a lot of questions of. So education is so important. You know, you mentioned mentor. I was thinking about this this past week when we were getting prepared for this podcast episode. And I, I wondered about the topic of mentor because I feel like I've been robbed of a mentor in my career. However, I feel that I am a good mentor to others. And I have a few people that I talk to on a consistent basis, you know, when it comes to industry. And one of those people <clears throat> I actually hired while I was at Coca-Cola and she was the best employee I ever had and I, I love our relationship. But I never really had anybody that I truly considered a mentor and I feel that it's not too late. You know, I would, I would like to have some kind of, you know, relationship mm -hmm. like that but I, I wonder if, I feel that I'm in the spot I am now because I worked hard to get to a point in my career and then finally was able to say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do this consulting thing on my own. So I feel like I got to the place that I should be, but I wonder if I would have gotten here sooner if I had a mentor because the people that I've spoke to in the last year when I've said, I'm now own tour in marketing and I'm doing marketing consulting. So many people said, oh my gosh, I totally knew you would do something like mm -hmm. this. You're going to be great. You're going to be wonderful. You're going to work hard. You have the ethic for it. 
But then, you know, I didn't have a mentor really to tell me that, but I had the affirmation yeah. once I did um, it. I, I, had to, I, I tend to agree with you. Um, in my past, in my career, I really didn't have anyone that was per se a mentor. I think one time I was in a mentor program. It was completely ineffective. So I think that you have to have a mentor that is all in, that knows how to be a mentor. And I'm, I'm absolutely certain, Laura, that you have people that you work with, that you help them. You may not have, they, they may not have tied the word mentor to you, and you may not have tied the word mentee to them. But I'm sure you're in some mentor or mentee relationships. I mean, I, I know I am. Even in my new career here with my new business, I'm, I help mentor, you know, new agents. And I've only been in the business for a short while, but I've had good success. And, and so I have people that come to me and ask for advice and things like that. But I definitely think that you should identify someone just to work with, just to, even if it's just from a, um, from a position of respect, someone has has gotten where you're looking to get to that you can just ask questions of, build a personal relationship with and see where it goes, see what you can get out of it and learn. You know, good point because right when I, right when I had the inkling that layoffs were going to happen at the end of last year, I was talking to a neighbor of mine who does marketing consulting and he's about 10 years, uh, has 10 more years experience than I do and has been doing consulting for, I'm thinking about 15 years and pretty similar. He does more crisis communications and I do more traditional marketing and journalistic writing and uh, brand awareness campaigns and things like that. And he did offer a bunch mm -hmm. of advice to me. I mean, there was some things where we even got down to talking about numbers, which isn't a common thing, especially mm -hmm. with a new friend. He, he and I only knew each other for a couple of months, but I straight up asked him, okay, so what would a day rate look like? Or what is a fair in this, in this market? What would a fair charging rate be? And how do I know when I'm ready to move up to the next level with that? And, you know, just things where he really kind of took me under his wing. And essentially we could mm -hmm. be competitors. You know, we could be going after the same pieces of business as, as competition, but I see him more now as, you know, my, my coworker, I'll call him and complain about, you know, I'll vent about a client thing and, and he'll do the same thing and kind of what you do mm -hmm. with a coworker yeah. in an office. Right. And so I guess, I guess you're right. It's, it might not be a traditional mentor mentee thing, but we're definitely um, got a good relationship yes. and it helps me out a lot. Yes, it really does. So, I want to throw a different topic in at the, at this point, Laura. What has been the biggest obstacle that you faced? Biggest obstacle, I think, is the challenge within myself. I was telling somebody last week that I, you know, I'm a mother, I'm a wife, I am all those things first, and then I'm a professional. But I do place a, an exorbitant amount of self-worth into who I am as a professional. And I feel that sometimes being busy is, is a direct correlation to productivity. But it's actually, I'm finding and I'm teaching myself that being busy for eight hours a day does not necessarily mean that you're being productive. And I've never been the type of person who has loved the eight to five thing. 
I oftentimes will think creatively and think about work well before eight o'clock in the morning and well after 5 p.m. I've had a home office. I've worked remotely for these large companies for more than half of my career, for nine years. So I know how to hop in and out of my office in the evening time to get like, you know, a thought down or uh, write a note for the next day or, or things like that. So I'm teaching myself, the, and, and to answer your question very specifically, the biggest obstacle has been to teach myself if I am not working hard for eight hours straight at my desk, then, you know, I'm still being productive. Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, I, I, I find myself in the same uh, struggle. It's not that I feel like I have to work eight, eight to five or eight hours a day. It's that my mind is so full of the, the things that I want to do for my business, the systems I want to get implemented, you know, the experiences that I want to create for my clients which all require, you know, duplication, be able to duplicate them, be able to document them, be able to build a process around them. You know, I, I, even though now I'm completely in sales and marketing, I am still a, a, a business process person at heart. You know, I, I want everything to have a, a plan and a process and a system. So I too find myself starting well before eight and well after five o'clock. Um, but I would say my and my biggest obstacle has been time. It's 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 time blocking, and and making sure that I get to all the things that I want to do without letting something else overtake too much time in my day. You know, am I spending too much time looking up and researching CRMs? Am I spending too much time working on my you know my um, you know my digital presence online? Um, and so I'm just finding a struggle with that and uh, I need to get better at time blocking and managing my calendar. Yeah, I agree. Managing my calendar has been something that I've been really good at usually, but now it's giving myself larger amounts of time to do something. So you say time blocking in regards to block out time to do this and make sure that you're staying on task. For me, uh, I used to be so task oriented with what I was doing that I would only give myself 30 minutes to an hour to complete a task and then next and then next tactic and next tactic. But now I'm doing much more strategy and I'm doing much more long-term planning for clients. So blocking out two or three hours of uninterrupted time has been much more needed and important. And so I've been teaching myself how to do that. Uh, but we are kind of at our time. So I wanted to give the opportunity to throw it back at you, Jamie, to tell everybody what we're going to do with our episode well, you know, I think three. We talked coming about up. a lot of great topics that we didn't have a chance to really dig in deep on. And so I think what we will do is um, really talk about more of the transition that we've made of, since going from an eight to fiver to being a solopreneur. So we'll dive in, we'll take a couple of these topics and we're going to dig a little bit deeper and go a little bit further next time we get together. Perfect. Well, I'll take the opportunity now to say thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us online on Facebook. Go to facebook.com forward slash outsourced insiders podcast. Like our page and share with others you think would get inspired by listening to our podcast. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash outsourced insiders podcast.